0: In today's Plan A Life You Love episode, I will be chatting with Heather from Townsend House One about homeschooling, home management, and how to cultivate a simple life. Tune in because there is a lot of helpful information in this episode. Welcome to Plan A Life You Love Podcast. My name is Nikki, and every Wednesday there's a new episode where I could talk about best practices on planning, time management, health and wellness, or I get to chat with a planner friend. Hit the subscribe button so you can be notified of new episodes. Follow me on Instagram at Nikki J Plans, N-I-K-K-I-J Plans. And check out the link in my bio to find out other ways you can support this podcast. Today, I'm intrigued about this guest, and I can't wait to get to know her. She's a wife, mom, homeschools her children, blogger, YouTuber, and so much more. Her name is Heather, and you can find her on Instagram at House one Heather, welcome to Plan a Life You Love podcast. How are you? Please tell us about yourself. Hi, Nikki.
1: Thank you so much for having me today. My name is Heather Um, I live in Maine with my husband and our three kids. We are lifelong homeschoolers, and I have been writing about homeschooling and simple living at Townsend House, my blog, for almost
0: 10 years now wow, I visited your website, Townsend House. There was a part that stood out for me where you say, when you become part of the Townsend House community, you will transform chaos and overwhelmed feelings into peace in your home and homeschool. Please tell us more about that. Sure. Um, I think that when you come into homeschooling,
1: it can be incredibly stressful You're taking your child's entire education into your own hands. And because it is so outside the box, often you don't have anything but your own public school experience to compare it to. Um, And homeschooling is less an educational choice, and it's more of a lifestyle choice, in my opinion. Um, But when you're home educating and also trying to manage your home and parent your kids and potentially run a business or have your hobbies or activities, it's super easy to get overwhelmed. Um, I show the homeschool moms in my community that it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And I do that by showing them how to implement systems and strategies to overcome that chaos and cultivate simplicity instead. It really takes um, a lot of introspection. You need to evaluate what's most important in your life and, um, You'll have to make the hard choice to say no to some things. But when you're saying no to something, you're able to say yes to something better for you and your family. I talk a lot about block scheduling and how multitasking is not actually an efficient way to do things (laughs) Um, because when you have so many things that you're trying to do, you're not doing any of them well. Um, I talk a lot about how to practice self-care and taking the time that you need to gain back The energy that you need, especially as like a parent, (laughs) you need to have a (laughs) lot of energy, Um, and a lot of that depends on whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Um, I also show that in order to overcome that chaos, you have to let go of the expectations, both your expectations and the expectations of those around you. That change in thinking is really the first step to overcoming the chaos and bringing peace into your home and homeschool. Um, And you know that. the comparison trap is so huge. And so instead of thinking about the fear of missing out, we instead think about the joy of missing out.
0: I love it. And I know I overcomplicate things and we try to be wonder women for everyone. And we, you have a different approach and it's about what you said earlier, cultivating simplicity. Please expand on what changes you made to achieve the lifestyle you have at your house.
1: Yes. So life always seems so crazy, especially right now. Life is really crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) About seven years ago, I realized that I was working so hard on making sure that everyone around me was happy. I wanted to make sure that I made it easier for as many people as I could. And it was completely exhausting. Um, That pressure was insane. And it was all created by me. In the process, I had forgotten about myself and the person that I wanted to be. Um, I totally burnt myself out. I hit a wall. It was a very hard wall. And I had to start evaluating what I was doing in my life and why I was always putting myself last. Um, and I finally came to the realization that it wasn't my responsibility to make everyone around me happy. That's a choice that they get to make for themselves. And so I shouldn't have that pressure on me. I'm only responsible for my own happiness. Um, so I took some time to do a deep dive on personality typing. I love all things personality. <laughs> um, and that helped me realize why I was the way that I was. It, it wasn't like an excuse to not have growth, but just the opposite. It, I realized that I needed some very specific things to make my life better and the way that I wanted to live it. And so I started to simplify. I stopped saying yes to everything. Um, in the moment, it can be hard to say no to someone. What happens, you know, what happens if I say no, that'll probably make that person's life harder. And I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that I take the pressure off of other people. But when I constantly took that pressure off of other people, I was putting it on myself. and, And then I wasn't actually helping, you know, instead of being helpful, I would end up being resentful. Um, Why did I say yes to things that I knew were not important to me? And so I sat down and I wrote a yes and no list. And this was everything that I wanted to say yes to and everything that I wanted to say no to. And that was um, through a filter of things that my husband and I had discussed, the way that we wanted to live our lives um, and just having that list made it so much easier for me in the moment. Um, I don't know if you've heard of decision fatigue, but it's, you know, we have so many decisions that we're making every day that, um, sometimes when somebody asks you something on the fly, you automatically say yes, because you don't think that it's okay to say no. But when you have that list of your yes and your no, It just makes it easier. You're able to say, oh, well, no, that doesn't fall on my yes list, so I have to say no to it. And it takes some of the decision fatigue away, and it almost gives you an excuse to say no because you've written it down. You've already committed to saying no to those types of activities or outside commitments. Um, So I wanted to guard my time because it's my most precious commodity, obviously. And I finally understood that when I said yes to something – I'm saying no to something else. And I had to evaluate if what I was saying yes to was better than what I was saying no to. And then once I got all of that out of the way, which was so much deep diving and so much thinking introspectively just about myself, um, I realized that I needed specific rhythms in place in my home to make my life easier. Things that, again, that I didn't have to think about doing, you know, habits that I would automatically accomplish each day to make my life easier without saying, oh, what is the thing that I need to do next? You know, what is that next thing? Um, and a lot of that came down to writing out lists and planning. I got back into like a paper planner, which I hadn't been in for a few years, really since college <laughs> at that, at that <laughs> point. But, um, you know, it just it helped me to know where I wanted my life to go and what direction I wanted to be. And cutting out all of that extra stuff was super helpful. It was, it was a lot, it was probably about a year of saying no to everything so that I could, so that I could completely recenter and focus on my family. Um, And I know that may sound really extreme, but at that moment I needed that for myself. Um, It was an immense amount of self-care that, that I really needed.
0: And that's what uh, a lot of us need. Uh, it's uh, self-care. And, and some people f- think, oh, that that's selfish, focusing on yourself and how you feel. No, it's, it's good because it helps you be a better partner, a better mother. Um, yeah. And um, th- that's why I wanted to, to chat with you today because I've watched your YouTube videos and I just love uh, what you share with with the planner community and um if someone approaches you asking you um telling you that they're going to start homeschooling their children and you know what would you say where should they start so the first
1: step really um when you make the decision to homeschool or if you're researching it is to look at your state requirements for homeschool because Each state is different. There are states that you do not need to do anything for homeschooling. And then there are high regulation states where you have to have like a school board approve your education plans. Um, And so first, that's really the first step to know what you're getting yourself into uh, with (laughs) with the laws in your state. But after that. I, you know, everybody always wants to start with curriculum. They always say, what is the best curriculum to purchase for my kid? But before you even get to the curriculum, you really need to think about what type of homeschool you want to have. You know, how do your children learn best? What are the things that they are interested in and gravitate towards? Um, One of my primary goals as a homeschooler is to... um, create a love of learning in my kids, and then to also give them the tools that they need to learn anything that they want on their own. I want independent learners. I want them to be able to lean into their interests and have the tools they need to lean into those interests. So you really have to sort of focus and sit down and figure out what you want that life to be. Um, Like I said, I really believe homeschooling is a lifestyle choice. If your kids are older, definitely involve them in the conversation. I mean if they're two, you know, you don't you you don't really need to involve them. But if they're, you know, seven, eight, nine, you want to ask them what is important to them? What are the things that they're interested in learning? I mean, there's always going to be the three Rs, you know, but how you teach all of the subjects and the content that you teach is really up to you as the parent. Um, There's a lot of different homeschool philosophies. They are everything from unschooling and all the way to, you know, classical homeschooling where it's rote memorization and you're learning Latin. So, and everything in between, <laughs> you know. So so you really <laughs> need to be able to focus on what you want out of the homeschool experience. It gives you a chance to learn alongside with your kids. You know, you you also get to do learning. They get to see you following your own passions and living the life that you love. And, and I think that's a really good um, thing for your kids to see, to see that it's not always stressful now there are always stressful times (laughs) but it doesn't have to be always stressful and you if you choose something at the beginning of your homeschool year uh, at the beginning of your homeschool journey it does not mean that you have to stay there you have the opportunity to make adjustments as you go so I would say first start with your state laws, and then figure out what you want your day-to-day rhythm to be. And then once you figure that out, then you can start to look at the resources that you may
0: want to use. So you talked about your approach to homeschooling and how you involve your children in their learning experience. Um, how do you make homeschool work at different ages? I can see that being challenging and maybe I'm looking at it from a curriculum standpoint. Um, How do you make it work? So yes, it definitely is challenging
1: to teach different ages. Um, I have three kids and each one is very different. They have different learning styles. My oldest is in algebra and my youngest is just starting kindergarten this year. So it is a wide range of, of teaching. Um, But even with that large age range, we do a lot of school together. Uh, I tend to lean on literature-based homeschooling, which means that we read a lot of books. And so um, I try to start with my youngest each day. Uh, We have a homeschool block of time where I am only doing homeschool with the kids at that time. Uh, It's like from nine to noon each day. And I do that because I find that even if they do not have questions for me, if I'm sitting there at the dining room table while they're working on their work, they're more efficient and they actually do better. I don't know. It's almost like they have more confidence than if I am trying to do laundry and answer emails and maybe get some food in the crock pot. Um, just giving them that dedicated time helps our day go much, much more smoothly. Um, My older two kids, I give them a list each day of work that they have to go through. My oldest, she is actually using an academic planner from Erin Condren this year. And we are, we are using that together. So each Sunday I will give her her tasks for the week. And then she, I'm, helping her learn time management to figure out how is she going to um, get all of those tasks done through the week with me checking in regularly with her. But I try to start with my youngest. When I fill up her cup first, I know that she is more likely to be able to go quietly play by herself um, so that I can work with my mm-hmm. older two. Um, my older two are only two years apart. And um, I have generally brought my middle guy alongside with my oldest to um, Mm. I do not expect the same level of work obviously because he's younger but a lot of the um, read-alouds that we do or books that we're reading I can choose books that are on his level or I can give him a writing assignment that is just a little bit different than what my oldest has to work on so they're still able to be Going through the same information, um, but it's less less stringent almost. You know, for my middle guy, yes. as my oldest, um, and it's mainly because <laughs> I was one of those crazy parents that started homeschooling when my oldest was two because I thought she was ready. That's what you do with your first child. You put them.
0: <laughs> Bless you for <laughs> you, doing that. <laughs> you
1: put them. You put them in preschool like immediately as soon as they start talking. <laughs> you know? So, um, by the time it was time for my middle guy to start doing school, I'm like, oh, well, now what am I going to do? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, so you just want to figure out what you need to accomplish. And then I really do mm-hmm. recommend that block of time. I know it's so hard to sit and not do all of the other things that need to be done. Um, but I found like over the past four or five years, if I give my kids that nine to noon block of time, they do so much better with their school. There are less fights, there's less stress, and that is important. It's a little bit difficult to sit even when they're not asking questions, but you know, if I, if I'll just have a book to read (laughs) at the table with them, that makes it a little bit easier. Um, And then it's a lot about planning. I spend an exorbitant amount of time planning for homeschool. Um, I take, you know, a week in the summer when my kids are usually at vacation Bible school and I will use that time to figure out the first six months of our homeschool year. We're, ho- we're year-round homeschoolers. And then I take um, the week between Christmas and New Year's to focus on our last, last half of the year. Um, I use an Erin Condren teacher planner for all of my homeschool planning. And it allows me to put each kid in a column and have all of their work right in front of me. So I'm instead of flipping through, you know, 10 different instructor's guides from different curriculum resources, I'm able to see, okay, well, we're doing math lesson 12 today, and Jack is doing math lesson 15. So it's just a little bit easier to have everything right in front of me. Um, And I think I said before, I, I take Sunday afternoons and I plan out our week. I do not plan an entire year In advance, I plan weekly. I have overarching themes and goals for my kids each year, but um, I find that if I plan weekly, then I'm less likely to overload our week with a bunch of stuff when we have doctor's appointments or activities we have no activities right now. There's no activities, but, <laughs> but <laughs> in, in years past, we have had other things going on, So, um, which hopefully we'll get, we'll get back there someday. Um, but yeah, so I, I take Sunday afternoon and plan out our week and I try to uh, not overload my stuff, which is what I used to do back in the day, you know, 10 years ago, I put so many things on my list. There was no way I was going to get through half of it. But I thought that's just what you do. You just keep going. But giving yourself grace and uh, letting your kids lead a little bit and letting them take control of their education, giving them a bit of autonomy um, is important so that they know that they are in control of what they're learning. And if they don't want to learn they are going to have issues as they continue through school, you know? So um, it's a lot easier now after 10 years of, of doing it, you know? So, but when you're first starting out, just try and figure out where you want to start, start with one thing. And once you have that one thing down, you go to
0: the next thing, you know? (laughs) So, at your Townsend House website, you have a shop where you offer a workshop about how to get how to get out of the public school mindset. Please share with our listeners about that resource. Yes.
1: Um, so, 2020 was the year that homeschooling became popular. Um, but what I found in my community was people were bringing their kids home, but then trying to recreate public school at home. And that really doesn't work because a lot of public school um, is about classroom management. And when you only have you know, a couple of kids at home, it's not going to take you the same amount of time to get through the same amount of material as it would in public school. Um, So getting out of that public school mindset and realizing that you don't have to do the same thing the public school is doing is a struggle. So for example, if in the public school, they're doing a unit on butterflies, that's great, but your kid only wants to study rocks. So (laughs) instead of studying the butterflies, you find a unit on- you know, geology, and that's what you work on instead. Um, It's hard for parents to break out of that mindset because in public school, there is a line that the teachers have to teach to, and kids are either below or above the line. Very few people are actually on that line. Um, But they have to have that standard because they're managing a class of 20 kids, you know. So if you are at home with your child and they are falling behind in math, you get to make the choice to slow down in math and give them more work. It doesn't mean that you are behind, it just means that your kid needs a little bit more help with that particular concept. Now, they may be falling behind in math, but they may be screaming ahead with their reading comprehension and be four or five grade levels ahead. Um, which is fine. You know, so as a homeschooler, you get to teach to that individual child at their individual ability level, which is um, not something that the teachers are able to accomplish in the same way at a public school. Um, So parents were coming to me asking, how do I make sure they are on sixth grade grade level when they don't know their math facts and they um, are reading at a junior in high school level, you know, how do I fix that? And so this workshop was all about giving encouragement and letting parents know that it is okay to go at your child's pace. You do not have to rush them ahead and, um, and you don't have to slow them down, you know? So if they are going through the work really fast, and it's a, a one-year curriculum, but you're halfway through it in one month, that's okay. Keep going at their pace. If they are excelling at that subject and doing well with that work, continue continue going at their pace. You don't have to slow them down because the teacher's guide tells you to slow down. Um, so it was just helping the parents, especially main homeschool parents. I have a main homeschool Facebook group. Um and they were really struggling with what they should be teaching to their kids. They just didn't know how to teach their kids well. And, um, and it is, it's hard when it's something new, especially if your kids have been in public school for many years. It takes a little while to get out of that public school mindset figure out what you want your day-to-day rhythm to be and be okay if your second grader only does school from nine to 10 in the morning, and then they're done and are able to play (laughs) for most of the day. So um, it was a lot of encouragement, a lot of figuring out how to figure out what, what your teaching style is and what your kids' learning style is.
0: I love that this resource is available in the planner community. So thank you for coming up with this. Um, and I also love your Instagram page. Please share um, what people can expect when visiting your sure.
1: page. Um, my Instagram page is definitely more real life than pretty life, I would say. <laughs> um, you know, I, I got on the Instagram bandwagon right when they first were around. I don't know if you remember um, when it was really instant where your feed was everything that had been posted in the last five minutes, you know what I mean? Um, So I, Mm -hmm. mine is very real life. It is a lot of our day-to-day homeschool activities, the things that we're doing for fun, a lot of the planning that I'm working on. Um, I am a planner nerd and I love all the planner, pretty paper things. So I like to share those. Um, Being outside in nature, um, really anything that we're doing, in the moment. And, you know, if you look back through the years, you'll, you will see a lot of mess because that is my life. (laughs) You know, that is, that is a lot (laughs) of what I have worked to improve on over the years. So you will see my kids when they were, you know, five and three with, paint all over them not no not even paint marker marker was the thing <laughs> you know <laughs> so or yeah, let's make yes, it more challenging <laughs> magazines just ripped out everywhere and it, you know um and it's kind of like the progression of where I started in that chaos and how I've kind of come out of it and now I'm able to get through a day with less less mess not no mess but you know less mess. <laughs>
0: So you also have a YouTube channel. What videos do you make and what do you have planned for sure. 2021?
1: Um, I love to make encouraging homeschool-related videos on YouTube. I share a lot about my planning process for homeschooling, um, all of the different planners that I use, because there are many. Um, I love to share vlog day-in-the-life type posts. And uh, I like to share those because, um, like with my workshop on getting out of the public school mindset, it's, it's a lot of showing what is an actual day in the life of a homeschooler with three different ages. You know, what are you doing throughout the day? I think that it helps, I hope that it helps other homeschoolers to realize that they don't need to do so much that everybody is crying at the end of the day. So I share a lot about that. Um, I share the homeschool resources that we're using, books that we're reading um, for homeschool and for fun. Um, and this year I'm also sharing about my goals. Uh, this is my sixth year using the PowerSheets Goal Planner from, um, Cultivate What Matters. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. Um, and one of them, one of the most requested yes. videos was about my goal planning process and, uh, mainly how to create action plans to actually accomplish your goals. So, that's not something that I've really shared a lot about on my blog or on YouTube, mainly because PowerSheets, to me, has always been super personal, and I was, you know, a little nervous to just throw that out into the interwebs. But um, a lot of people asked me to do it. And it's actually been a lot of fun. I've, I went through all of the prep work already and chose my word of the year and wrote out my goals. So I've shared that all on YouTube. And I hope to share monthly how I am working on my goals and I... what the tasks are for each month so that I can make progress.
0: So earlier you mentioned that you use the teacher planner and you just shared that you use the power sheets from Cultivate What Matters. Do you use any other planners for 2021?
1: Um, You know, years ago I had a home, uh, like a home management binder. I tried to have everything in one place. But that ended up being more overwhelming than having several planners. And I think it was just because I wanted to be able to segment my life. And so I wasn't thinking about homeschooling when I was working on um, business related stuff or, you know, family stuff. I wanted some separation. So I, I used the Erin Condren teacher planner, I used the power sheets. I also used um, an Erin Condren vertical life planner. That is just my main weekly planner. Um, And then I use uh, an undated petite daily planner from Erin Condren. I use the undated one because I don't like to waste pages. Um, And that's for days that I have a lot of tasks that I have to get through. And it's also because um, Saturday and Sunday can be a full page and they're not half pages um, like most daily planners are. So I use that undated petite daily
0: as well. So which academic planner do you recommend for high school and college I students? love
1: the academic planner from Erin Condren for high school. It's a good introduction to time management and planning. Um, it gives space for projects. It's what I'm using with my upper middle school student at the moment, um, like I mentioned before. Uh, But if I were to choose a planner for college, it would most likely be an hourly life planner, and that's just because there are so many more things going on in college that you have to keep track of, and you need, you know, something with a schedule, (laughs) like hours In in the planner so that you're writing down when you have class, when you have meetings with professors, you know, open office hours, um, work, all of the things. Um, So I would definitely choose an hourly planner for college.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay.
1: So what are you looking forward to doing in 2021? Well, number one, I'm hoping to leave the house some. That's number one. (laughs) Um, but uh, I'm really looking forward to getting settled in our new home last year um, about a week and a half before everything went crazy we sold and purchased a house we sold our old home and purchased a new home and then it was 2020 and I did not we unpacked everything but there are so many things that need to be done in our home and this year is going to be the year of actually doing those things. Now that we've been here for almost a year, uh, I just want to be able to settle in, figure out good rhythms and routines in my home. Um, those types of things give me energy. I know it's such a weird thing. Oh, you want to clean your house. But um, <laughs> when once I have those rhythms in place, it just makes my future life so much easier. So I'm looking forward to that. We have um, like three acres of land here. So uh, having my kids be able to be outside, we lived in a city lot before, um, so they weren't able to get out in nature as much. And so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, We live in Maine, so lots of outside activities. Um, And really just, I'm just looking forward to a new year just a new year you know uh, yeah putting 2020 behind us there was a lot of good that happened in 2020 there was a lot of crazy that happened in 2020 but I'm just ready to move ahead and see
0: what is going to be new you know in my life yes. Heather thank you so much for sharing your experience with us I hope yes, you enjoyed yourself did. today <laughs> I love your approach about how to manage a home and how to inspire planner friends to keep it simple and not get overwhelmed with the details. Friends, don't forget to visit Heather's Instagram page, Townsend House one and check out her link in her Instagram bio. Her link will take you to her website where you can see her blog, YouTube videos, and so much more. Thank you, and until next time. that's all for today's episode, friends. I appreciate Heather's wealth of knowledge. In the next episode, I will have another guest. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit the subscribe button. If you're using Anchor, tap favorite at the bottom and it will notify you when there are new episodes. Share this podcast with your friends. Planner Life You Love is available in a variety of listening platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and many others. If you have suggestions of planner topics that you would like me to cover, please message me on Instagram at Nikki J Plans, N-I-K-K-I-J Plans, or leave a voice message on Anchor. Thank you for tuning in and until next time.